0: Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about some major changes that might be on the horizon for superannuation. Uh, Now, of course, the Albanese government delivered its first federal budget last month and it was a bit of a fizzer in terms of it really didn't include... Too many changes to super or really other changes that affected uh, investors. But of course, uh, given high government debt, there's always, uh, in fact, there's always a pressure on the government to increase uh, taxation revenue and playing around with super, uh, particularly how super benefits higher income earners, I think will be uh, a very attractive uh, thing for the Albanese government to do. And really, subsequent to the federal budget, there's been you know a few murmurs by politicians and hint that might hint at you know some of the changes that they're contemplating. So I thought I'd talk about them, uh, and then also uh, address you know how does it affect you and what should you do um, as a result of these murmurs or potential changes on the horizon. The first potential change I'd like to talk about is increasing the tax on contributions into super. So for most people, particularly lower income earners, if they make a contribution into super, and this includes the employer mandated contributions, that those contributions attract a flat 15% tax rate. However, back in 2011, the Gillard government introduced a higher rate of tax for higher income earners and that new rate of tax began on 1 July 2012, so it's been been around for about uh, 10 years now. And the purpose behind the tax was to reduce the taxation advantages of that super affords higher income earners. Uh, not in percentage terms; uh, I mean they're on par on percentage terms, but you know a thirty percent or thirty-seven percent tax saving um, to lower income earners in dollar terms is a lot less than than higher income earners, of course. Uh, and this tax is called a Div two nine three or Division two nine three tax. Uh, and uh, the ATO calculates that at the end of each uh, tax year and sends you a bill, and you can pay that either from your personal name uh, or you can uh, forward it onto your super fund, and they'll pay it out of your account balance. Uh, Div 293 tax applies to um, anyone that earns an income in excess of $250,000 a year. Uh, And as I said, their, their contributions, instead of being taxed at 15%, they're taxed at 30%. Um, now between uh, between 2012 and 2017, the actual the threshold was actually higher. It was anyone that earned over three hundred thousand dollars. So, and they reduced that to two hundred and fifty after 2017. So, I guess there's already history here, where the government uh, can play around with this cap, this income cap, uh, and reduce it further in order to generate uh, um, more tax revenue. Uh, and the way that they could sell it to their constituents is, oh, it's only higher income earners that are paying the higher tax rate, uh, and that's that's only fair in their mind. Um, the the stage three income tax cuts uh, begin in on one July twenty twenty four, and and that means the highest marginal tax rate begins at two hundred thousand instead of currently one hundred eighty thousand. So. Potentially, it might be good to harmonise those two tax rates so that if you earn over 200000 your contributions are taxed at 30% and any income in excess of 200000 is taxed at 47%. Um, and again, that would be one way to uh, generate higher income. Of course, uh, higher t- taxable income for the government, of course. Um, of, of course, when there's uh, legislation that has certain income caps or limits, uh, it's always tempting for governments to change those limits uh, in order to generate uh, more income. So it's not difficult to really, uh, I guess, guess or predict, you know, what the government might be thinking. Uh, the next change, which which I think uh, is a bit of a no brainer, uh, and probably should have been introduced many years ago, uh, and one that I think uh, the government will actually implement is having a cap on the amount of money that you can have inside Super. So currently there's no limit you can you can have 10 million 20 30 dollars in super if you want to. Um, of course when you retire there's what's called the transfer balance cap um, which means that's the amount that is tax free when you go into retirement and you start drawing a pension from super and so the first 1.7 million per person uh, is tax free and then anything in excess of any balance in excess of 1.7 million, uh, any earnings on those investments are, are taxed at the standard rate. so fifteen percent for income and ten uh, percent for capital gains. But it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Really, if you if you do actually have ten million dollars, the first one one point seven is tax free. The remaining um, eight point three a k you pay tax, but certainly at a a, a concessional tax rate. So um, I think it makes sense then to bring bring a cap. Uh, and say maybe, you know, people can have up to $5 million in super uh, and then any anything in excess of that, they've got to take it outside super and either put it in a trust environment or in their personal name uh, and that would be a good way for, you know, governments to generate more tax revenue, particularly from ultra-rich ultra individuals um, and that kind of seems fair to me. I mean, one of the reasons for concessionally taxing super is that if you if you levy a lower rate of tax on retirement savings, then more people will be self-funded retirees and there's less burden on the welfare system. Well, I think if you still implement a cap of $5 million, uh, you know, even if you do do that uh, and someone's got $10 million, well, I don't think they're going to be a burden on the welfare system anytime soon. Uh, so why not just increase the rate of tax? They can afford to pay it. They've got excess funds and really the... You know, super. The role of super is really once you're self-funded and you can have a comfortable retirement, and you're not going to be a burden on the the welfare system. Any excess, you know, any sort of wealth in excess of uh, that you need to, to achieve that, uh, I think it's fair to tax at the usual tax rates. Which leads me into the next possible change, which is that transfer balance cap. That is the amount that is uh, that is tax-free uh, once you start. Uh, enter into retirement phase so once you start drawing a pension from super and as i said at the moment that that uh, cap is 1.7 million dollars uh, it means that um that the first 1.7 million dollars any earning or capital gains on those investments are tax-free anything that you take as a pension uh you know draws an annual pension from super is also tax-free uh, if you have an amount in excess of 1.7 as I said previously, it just attracts the normal tax rates, 15% on income, 10% on capital gains. Um, so even if you had, say, $3 million, that the the overall average tax rate that you're going to pay inside Super is still very attractive. I mean, it's very low. It might be, end up being 7% or 8%, uh, probably even less, actually. So the the transfer balance cap was introduced in 2017. And it was originally $1.6 million, but the, the transfer balance cap gets indexed uh, at increments of $100,000 in line with CPI. So there's two things that the government could consider doing. They could remove the indexation of the transfer balance cap, just keep it at 1.7 for, for the foreseeable future, and therefore in real terms, if we uh, include the impact of inflation, really in real terms that transfer balance cap is, uh, is reducing over time. Uh, Or secondly, the other option is to reduce it Uh, and to maybe they could make the argument to say, well, if you've got a couple or even an individual, a couple probably doesn't need $3.2 million of super to be self-funded retirees. Because if I'm sitting in the government's chair, that's all I'm really worried about is making or reducing the burden on the welfare system rather than necessarily um, giving uh, higher and higher tax benefits to wealthy individuals so you know if the government sat back and thought well maybe actually people don't need any more than say one and a half million dollars in super Uh, and if that's the case let's reduce the transfer balance cap and I think they could do that um, and really not compromise people's retirements um, but then again uh, raise some some tax revenue and and arguably I mean if you look at Australia's super system um, possibly you could make the argument to say that it's Too favourable to higher income earners, uh, and it encourages uh, or discourages uh, people to sort of pay their fair share. Particularly if you know people have uh, surplus investment assets, you know more money than they really need. Another possible change could be uh, banning um, franking credit refunds. So, if a super fund that's in pension phase receives a dividend, a fully franked dividend from a, a share that they own. Um, and let's say that the dividend is $70 and it's fully franked, which means it'll have a franking credit of $30. Um, because the super fund's tax rate is, is nil, if it's in pension phase, it'll actually get a refund of the $30 franking credit. So therefore, its cash dividend ends up being $100, the $70 plus the $30, rather than uh, someone that receives that dividend outside of super. their their cash dividends probably end up being close to 70 or maybe even lower if they're on a higher income. Uh, And uh, Bill Shorten proposed in his 2019 federal election campaign to ban franking credit refunds to to super funds. So they could still get the benefit of the franking credits, but they just can't actually get a refund at the end of the day. Uh, Now, if you did that, that means that um, you know, essentially, super would be super funds would be paying a thirty percent rate of tax on any dividend earnings from stocks that they own. Um, the The flip side argument, though, is so that's not good. But the flip side argument is, well, why should we be giving you know tax refunds? Why should super funds be paying zero tax? So I don't know if they, you know, if the government would be brave enough, or, or maybe um, putting it in a different way, stupid, stupid enough to propose a um, policy that um, didn't work for Bill Shorten in terms of getting uh, winning the election, I think they're more likely to um, play around with some things like the transfer balance cap that I've said, put a cap on total super, maybe increase the tax on contributions from uh, higher income earners. They're more likely to do those sorts of things, um, which is probably going to have a fairer application than really changing... Um, franking credit refunds, but I thought I'd throw it out, throw it in there. Just you just never know what a government might do or or be contemplating doing. Uh, the last comment, the last changes that uh, I think are inevitable uh, is that the Albanese government has already proposed to make changes uh, to some of the super rules that apply to industry super funds uh, to to wind back some of the accountability and transparency measures that uh, the coalition government. Um, previously introduced uh, and there was uh, something called a your future your super performance test that the government uh, introduced to really help people understand whether their fund is a is a well-performing fund or not and and if not um, give them the opportunity to to move where their super is invested so under those that performance tests uh, the the funds that were doing really poorly you had to write to members to say we've Uh, Failed this performance test, this is what we're going to do to remedy the situation, uh, but also here's some options including moving your super to a different fund, which I thought was a really good idea, particularly, you know, the the main funds out there, you know, the performance is relatively similar, but then there's a long tail of super funds that are underperforming with high fees, etc., and it's a really simple fix for people just to move their super, and it's a really easy thing to do, it doesn't take much time, Um, So it was really good. Anyway, the the Albanese government is canvassing changing those rules um, and also they're also canvassing changing uh, some of the disclosure requirements as well. So at the moment, super funds have to itemise all marketing sponsorship expenses as well as political donations and payments to industrial bodies. Uh, And this is just to provide better transparency on... You know what sort of money is flowing back really to the unions and also to the political parties, and so the Albanese government has proposed instead of providing itemised account, uh, just aggregate aggregate the the disclosure is uh, is sufficient, uh, which clearly then you know you're not going to really know how much your super fund's given to the Labor Party or to a particular union or something like that. And I think that is uh, whilst it might not impact overall. Uh, investment performance, if it was my super, that's something that I'd want to know about. Now, I'm very careful to keep this podcast apolitical, uh, so I don't want to make a political statement. It's, 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 I'm absolutely not doing that. Um, but the transparency and accountability um, obligations that the coalition introduced were minimal, I think, just basic ones that, um, that, that probably should have gone a lot further than what they actually did. Um, but it won't surprise me. In fact, i you know almost guarantee the Albanese government will wind them back uh, because there is a linkage between the unions, the the Labor Party, and um, and so forth. So that you know they don't want that disclosure, and I'm sure it's going to disappear. And I think the industry super fund sector is weaker overall because of it. Uh, but just an important thing to to be mindful of, I think. Okay, so how do some of these changes affect you and what should you be doing about it? So I think firstly is that it's important to point out that super is concessionally taxed. It's probably always going to be concessionally taxed because there's an incentive for the government to do that. There's an incentive to have as many self-funded retirees in Australia as possible because it does reduce the the burden on the welfare system. So if you want it to be successful... You've got to um, offer some tax concessions uh, in order to promote people to invest in that in super. So it's always going to be better than uh, than uh, investing outside of super. And whilst uh, you know people get sick of the government tinkering with a lot of these rules and changes, uh, and and I totally agree by the way, because it really does reduce the confidence in the system. The reality is that super is always going to be attractive. It's just a question of how attractive. Um, it's always going to be attractive enough to warrant um, contributing money. So it's never going to get to the point, I don't think, where it starts becoming unattractive or only marginally attractive. But at the moment, a zero tax rate on $1.7 million is, is very generous, I think. And um, given the government's debt situation, I don't think that level of generosity is likely to persist into the future. So, of course, they're going to change, uh, have a play around with it. And it's something that we've got to expect. But at the same time, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And my view would be have some of your wealth invested in super, probably have some of your wealth in personal names and then maybe some wealth in a family trust. Uh, And then that sort of diversifies your exposure and also reduces your legislative risk. You know, that is that the rules change and that adversely affects your ability to retire. So the best way to deal with that is diversify that legislative risk by spreading your eggs in multiple baskets. So super is always going to be attractive, I think. It's always going to be the foundation of our retirement system. Uh, I think it will continue to be so, um, but it's just we might have to navigate some of these changes over the way. Okay, that's it for me for this week. Until next week, bye for now.